Welcome to I Love You But I Hate Your Politics. I'm Dr. Jeannie Safer. Friendship can be a funny thing. It's a bond between two people, but that bond doesn't mean that everything is always peachy. At times, it can mean the opposite. Conflicts with people we love, including our friends, make us incredibly anxious and incredibly stupid. And when you add hyperpartisan politics to the mix, it can get pretty hairy. I heard about just such a situation between this week's guests. Rachel. I'm Rachel. I am in, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And Brittany. My name is Brittany. I am originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I currently live in New York City in the financial district. They're both young professionals in the city, both energetic and warm with each other as we talk in my office. You might never guess that their politics are pretty much the opposite. Rachel is liberal, while Brittany skews far more conservative. We met in college. Brittany was a transfer student from another school. So we met uh, sophomore year through friends, hit it off pretty immediately, and then joined the same sorority. I don't think we've ever really thought about much of anything. And I also don't think politics-wise. I think it's always been something we just don't talk about. Yeah. But and was that a dis- actual decision on either of your parts? No, it's actually interesting because now that I think about it, we both studied political science yeah, that's in college, and we had classes together, plenty of them. And uh-huh. I don't think, even though we worked on assignments and things together and collaborated in that way, and we had discussion-based courses, I don't think we ever really directly confronted one another in any way about no any view. That could be part of why Brittany and Rachel's friendship remained so strong and so supportive, even after they graduated from college. Modern technology made it easy. A lot of, so what you need to know about Brittany and I's friendship, I think, too, is that a lot of our correspondence is over text and phone. She's like the busiest woman I know Mm -hmm. because she's kicking butt every day. Mm -hmm. And like we both work in completely different industries. And it's not rare for us to like have conversations that mean something over text message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we text pretty incessantly. Um, Yeah. I would say (laughs) all all day, every day, pretty much. Yeah. You do? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We used to just text each other like Oh, my avocado sandwich is, like, warm today. Yeah. Like, oh, the, oh, the person the, walking in front of me on the sidewalk is walking so slow. The silly but sometime in 2016, those incessant texts slowed to a trickle, then became nearly non-existent, even though Brittany attempted to keep the conversation going. And it sort of got to the point where, like, every time I would say something like that, like, she wouldn't be interested and vice versa. This sounds so millennial of us, but it's it true. It's like we texted constantly about everything, and then it sort of just dwindled. So, what happened? It couldn't have been purely political. There's obviously a lot, you know, in all the tabloids and on every single news station, this was leading up to the election, and we would both kind of poke fun at the different debates and, you know, what have you. We knew we were on different sides, but at the same time, I think it was sort of playful. In a Mm -hmm. way, especially at the time that we all thought that Donald Trump or like my side of the uh, voter election thought Donald Trump could not possibly win because of the horrible or like blasphemous things he was sort of saying and how the, 
debates were going. I don't think anyone thought it was at this point in time mm -hmm. an actual possibility. So it was all sort of in good fun. That is until it came out one way or another that I wasn't planning on voting in the election. sometime after the Donald had emerged as the Republican nominee that I was like, yeah, I'm not. And I think this was pretty soon after, can I say this word? The bat, uh, pretty soon after the pussy comment that this all happened. And when it came out, I was just like, oh, well, she's still going to vote, but she just can't vote for him. And then she was like, no, I'm not voting. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, it does, does not compute. It's difficult because I don't not view it as your social responsibility or anything like mm -hmm. that, but for me it was just such a such an interesting time that I just wanted no part in, um, <laughs> that I just had to step away. Rachel could have taken this news in any number of directions. She could have met Brittany and talked about it face to face. She could have let it go entirely. Instead, she took what occurred to her to be the most natural route. She made a PowerPoint presentation and sent it to Brittany. I made this PowerPoint in one sitting and I remember like totally blowing off my work. The subject <laughs> of the email is re-education. The front page of the PowerPoint is some great shit Hill has done part one. I never received part two. And I even separated it humanitarian experience, uh, global experience, lesser known accomplishments. And then Donald's political achievements, everything is blank. I was just sort of like, in my head, I know you so well as a person. And I know what your core, at least social, beliefs are. And like, what you think is right and wrong. Because we're so close. I know a lot of things about you. And so my goal in the PowerPoint was like, you can't possibly, possibly think that he has done universally agreed upon good for our country as Hillary has done. So I picked a lot of things that were based off of like women's rights and education and things that are just like not controversial. It was not so much to me something so serious that she needed to like read and we needed to change her perspective on. It was almost sort of lighthearted and I think the way reason I went that way was almost sort of a joke too. It yeah. was like we were chatting and I was like how could you possibly possibly think that they're equal. Let me just give you a list of reasons of why they're not. And it could have been done over email, but PowerPoint's a little more flashy, a little more myself. <laughs> it gets somebody's attention. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't think about it, but now looking back, it was probably kind of a jest of like, I'm going, I'm re-educating her. It's mm -hmm. a PowerPoint. It's, we go to school and there's a list of things and- And I'm the a, teacher, right? I'm the and teacher, you're the student. And she needs to be re-educated. Yeah. For me, at least, initially when I created it, it wasn't, you know, supposed to be this beratement of how could you not agree with this, more like, you agree with this. She's done a lot of great shit. And though she doesn't recall quite what she said, Brittany remembers that she responded with a lighthearted joke. I was at work and I opened it and I kind of giggled to myself because I, I, I know Rachel so well um, that her, her voice definitely showed through in, in the slides. You know, I kind of kept the same, I guess, joking approach that I had mm -hmm. to the rest of our conversations as opposed to taking it for what it was. Well, you, you didn't confront her directly and say, how dare you or anything like that. Yeah, I would, never, I would never yeah, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody on right. anything politics just because that's not who I am. So that was your way of dealing with it without saying, 
you know, what are you doing? Yeah. To make a joke out of it. But then, a chill settled in between the two close friends. We'll be back with Rachel and Brittany right after this. Sending a dear friend a PowerPoint presentation might not seem like such a terrible thing to do. And if you look at the one Rachel made for Brittany, it really isn't very elaborate. There aren't any bells and whistles. It's plain black font on a white background. There are no animations or sound effects, thank God. But it still caused a major rift in a friendship that was indestructible before. The reason for this rift doesn't just lie in Rachel and Brittany's opposite political beliefs. It's that they have opposite levels of engagement in politics altogether. I definitely do not like talking about politics. I think for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it just wasn't really done in my household. My parents always were like, that's so rude to talk about politics at the table or at a party or something like that, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. It's just kind of like how I grew up, so I'm not necessarily accustomed to just talking about it. I did work on Capitol Hill one summer, but I've had no political involvement since. I think that I came out of that summer pretty jaded and dropped it um, pretty much entirely after that. And it's not something that I've kept up with, especially lately, because there's just a little too much to keep up with. (laughs) So for me, politics has sort of been ingrained in me since Mm. I was younger. Both of my parents are very politically active. I've worked on some campaigns in the past. Um, Your your parents are both uh, liberal Democrats? Yes. They were like big hippies. Like I was a hippie baby. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And they're very vocal about their politics, you know? My parents both find it very important to be involved citizens. How does it feel when someone else, someone you love, attaches minimal importance to something you feel strongly and passionately about? How does it feel to be all alone with that feeling, without a trusted sounding board? It makes you feel anxious, right? Probably angry, too. That's where Rachel was. Meanwhile, Brittany wanted no part of anything like the political debate Rachel was attempting to have. So that's why, when Brittany opened the PowerPoint at work, it was tough to take too seriously. And it certainly didn't accomplish what Rachel hoped it would. I think I did stir the pot a little bit with the way that I responded to the PowerPoint, which yes. is something that I'm like incl- that I tend to do sometimes. No, no. Um, because like I definitely did receive it, and I knew that while there was a degree of seriousness behind what she said, I just didn't want to confront it. We had a lot going on in our personal lives, both of us at the time. Um, I mean, I think we were pretty distant from one another for a couple of months, actually. Mm. And I think we would both reach out to each other at different times. Ironically, when neither of us wanted to speak, really. (laughs) And it was kind of, oh, you know, I'm super busy. I'm caught up in X, Y, and Z. Um, And it caused a huge rift for, for a while. It went on for months. The frequent texts, the constant jokes, all the hallmarks of a classic millennial friendship were now out the window 
In its place, a silence that spoke as loud as any argument. Then, election day. Like, I, I think I cried on election day. You know I was going mean? to text you, but this was before we made up, and I was too afraid to. Oh, I probably um, would have lost it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I just I didn't. Think, it was so, it was very emotional <laughs> That was me. probably why. I'm getting sentimental here, but I, um, my grandmother passed away about four years ago. As she grew older, she got a little more liberal with her social politics, and, you know, it. she was very women's conscious as well, and I wore the necklace that she gave to me before she passed away mm. the day of the election, because I, and I'm not someone who does stuff like this. Like, it was really. I do stuff like like it was weirdly like because I, I remember being like grandma I want you to like be with me when That's the first touching. woman wins the election and I was devastated so it was just such a difference where like to me like you didn't not that you didn't care but like you didn't like either one so like it was sort of like the lesser of two evils for you either yeah. way and for well, me it was like devastating truthfully I went to bed I didn't even watch it and then I woke up at four in the morning to see what had happened and I was like wow and then I went back to sleep but once the dust settled, a very real problem remained. Rachel and Brittany still weren't talking. I'm not a super confrontational person unless something's really, really bothering me or I'm super upset. Um, but I think after so long of not having one of my best friends, you know, regularly to turn to, um, I finally like really confronted Rachel and I sent her a message and I was like listen like everybody's busy what the heck is going on like pretty accusatory of like like why are you so mad at me and finally yes. Rachel responded I think I was just kind of like I was really mad and like you're driving me crazy you know what well, x y and z going on and also like you made that joke at the PowerPoint and I just thought it was in such poor taste or something like that until I started typing I didn't boil it down to like, that's what it was. And I was just mind blown. I remember I was walking across the street and I like stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. I, like I had no idea that like, I obviously knew that she had been passionate about it, but I just had no idea that kind of the playfulness of our relationship disappeared in that moment. Mm -hmm. We had this little tiff and then everything he started to do annoyed me. <laughs> so you saw it as a smaller thing than Brittany did. I did. Way. I thought it was a small thing. I never really thought about the PowerPoint. But then everything after that just kind of like upset me because I was so emotional yeah. at that point in my life about the election, about everything. Mm -hmm. And like, to put it bluntly, like everything you did, everything you said annoyed me to a certain extent. <laughs> That's which how is, it is when you're pissed off at somebody. Which isn't fair, but I was like <laughs> mad at her for everything. It's like everything she said, I was like... Why are you complaining? Why are you thinking it's like this? Like, why can't you vote for Hillary Clinton? Um, <laughs> well, so what you can what you can get from this is to realize that in the future that when you're angry at everything somebody does, there's probably something underneath it. Mm. I never really put my finger on the fact that it was the election that sort of exacerbated our confrontations with each other. Brittany had the guts to be like, Rachel, what is going on? Because That's I right. don't know if I ever would have been strong enough to. And I was so astonished when she told me what it really was. I was, I had no idea. I, that was the last thing that I thought I did. You know, especially where I grew up and how my family was, you know, we were like the only liberal people around. <laughs> and 
also the political climate we're in, it was very easy for me to be like, you know, Republican bad, yes. Trump supporter bad, people who don't vote bad. And I definitely still have my own views on like how we should vote and stuff, but I need to stop pressing those on others. I think that's wonderful. You know? Absolutely and wonderful. Them. And I think you should market it because <laughs> nobody seems to do this. So It's really hard. It is. It's hard it is in this Also, when yeah. we love somebody, we want them to agree with us and we're uncomfortable when they don't. I should have had a different approach and been a little bit more thoughtful, especially because I do know how passionate she was. Um, so I think I think it could have gone both ways in terms of being a little bit more aware of one another and where we were coming from. Yeah. And it's, it's not uncommon, I guess, in my family or with my other friends to sit down and have full-on, like, three glass of wine in screaming matches over our thoughts on things. Not mean screaming <laughs> matches, but, you know, it's not uncommon to be vocal and passionate about uh -huh. politics. And so, and also, that's just how I am as a person also. But that's in your world. But that's and, in my world. And, and I never really true. understood it was not her world. Yeah. I'm glad we worked it out, and I know we always would have. The important thing here is not just that Rachel and Brittany were able to identify their differences and move past them, though that is commendable. It's that they each identified specific things they did to contribute to the chill between them and they each vowed to at least try to never do them again. What was most important is they both took responsibility and acknowledged the effect of their behavior on each other. How rare is that at any age? Of course, that doesn't mean they don't still annoy each other occasionally. Are you gonna vote next election? We'll see what goes. Oh, we'll let's see what, see what happens. happens. I don't want to talk let's, about it. Let's, okay. Let's how see can what I get Stormy here, Daniels manages Here's what to I want next. Is I want the podcast on how I can convince Brittany to come to like some political stuff with me. I don't have any interest. That's like <laughs> the last thing I want to do with my spare time. Why do you even want to do that with your spare time? I Love You But I Hate Your Politics is produced by Alexander Avnos with help from Katie Ferguson and Becky Celestina. The senior editor of Macmillan Podcasts is Alyssa Martino. Thanks to Rachel and Brittany for sharing their story. If you have friends whose political fights are tearing them apart, do them a favor and tell them about I Love You But I Hate Your Politics podcast. Listening to it could save their relationships. And please let other people know about us too by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll be grateful if you add a brief note describing what you like about the show and why it spoke to you. That really helps get the word out. If you have more thoughts about the show that you'd like to share or have a political disagreement of your own you'd like to talk about, email us at podcasts at macmillan.com.